0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Zane Quibido podcast. I am your host, Zane Quibido, and I am here to, one, help you understand the Bible in an understandable, logical, and applicable way, two, to hear my story and process from being an introvert to an influence, and three, to present the Bible in a fun, deep, and exciting way that you can feel confident enough to share Jesus with others. So with that in mind, let's get started. So today we'll be discussing the important foundation of respect and reverence. This episode will be like a super light introductory uh, to the subject of fearing God. Uh, Not an American view of fear, but a biblical Eastern view of fear, which after explained will make so much more sense um, why it's commanded by the Father and the Son than empowered and taught through the Holy Spirit. So uh, my prayer Uh, For this episode, is that you can realize uh, that this fear can be lived out or, you know, like this reverence. I'm going to be saying uh, fear, but it's like, you know, reverence uh, can be lived out and used all of the time. That fearing God does not solely equal like a somber or unemotional or like life threatening uh, life or posture where you always feel like threatened or scared, uh, but that fearing God can actually help you. Not be scared of anything else in the world as well as finally um, uh, finally that you're able to understand that there's so much benefit to fearing God and we'll see where that's com- um, commanded in this episode so here's a little nugget to keep in your back pocket uh, as we go through this uh, uh, as we go through this subject so Ecclesiastes 12 or chapter 12 verse 13 through 14 says the end of the matter Or how I like to say, at the end of the day, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. What this shows is that you do not have to have a fuzzy feeling of joy or remorse or even excitement to do the will of God. You don't have to see the end result. In your lifetime to obey God, you don't even need to have an explanation or confirmation on whether uh, we should do a thing uh, if we see it commanded in Scripture. For because here's the thing: if we demand confirmation or an explanation from God, then who is God, and who is servant? We answer to Him, and not vice versa. So granted, or, you know, hold on, uh, <laughs> just for a second, because you may ask some, uh, for something, you know, like maybe a reason, maybe for confirmation, uh, and he may answer it, but here's the thing. He'll answer it the way he wants to answer it and when he will answer it. So, uh, you know, if, if you look at Job, God didn't give him necessarily like an answer for his pain and suffering that, uh, that Job wanted. Neither did God show Jeremiah a soul Um, That was one to God, you know, like Jeremiah didn't see anyone get saved um, in his ministry, nor did Isaiah see the prophecies of Christ fulfilled. They saw only a wicked people, yet it is their writings uh, that have shown some of the clearest and most detailed prophecies of Jesus Christ. So don't lose heart. Don't fret. um, You know, don't don't feel uh, bad if you don't see anything right now because uh, because there's a, a verse that kind of like helps you know uh, keep us going even when we feel like uh, you know like we're planting seeds but we'll never see the fruit. Um, Romans 8:28 says, "For God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If we are submitted and obedient to God, we can relax and know that at the end of the day, obedience to Jesus is what makes a day successful. The world will say, Um, If you do what feels good or what makes you happy, uh, you know, like that, that's that's what matters at the end of the day. Well, that's flat out wrong. Uh, Read John 15 um, for Jesus to say what really matters. Spoiler alert. uh, It's practically the same thing, just with more detail. So uh, so so let's get into the scripture. Um, Our main verses from Psalm 25, uh, we will be looking at verses uh, one through eleven and then later verse 10 through 14. So uh, I'll be reading this from the Names of God Bible uh, because there are two names that I want you to notice in the psalm that will help steer this prayer toward fearing God or, you know, having reverence toward God. So the two names used here um, is Yahweh and Elohim. In short, Yahweh means I am the one uh, who is the self-existent one. And Elohim, in short, means the all-powerful one creator, God of gods. So, uh, because this is the, the more lengthened one, I'm actually going to like dig into these definitions a little bit more, uh, and actually read, um, two excerpts, uh, from, from, from different, uh, uh, websites. So again, there are two names of God given in this chapter, Yahweh and Elohim, uh, both differ, but are actually seen together quite often. Um, but here's the thing. What makes the differences? We're actually going to take a look. So before we get into Psalm 25, uh, we see these two names, Yahweh and Elohim. Um, and we're going to see the difference between the two names. Uh, I want you to, to soak up these definitions um, or the, the, these excerpts. And then we're going to read it. And then as I read it, I want you to really keep in mind what each name means. So first, we're going to read an excerpt from Christianity Today which discusses the name Elohim. So, um, and, and if I'm butchering how to say this, I am sorry, I this, is, this is what I've been hearing is, is uh, Elohim. So yeah, um, but here's the excerpt. Elohim is the Hebrew word for God that appears in the very first sentence of the Bible. When we pray to Elohim, we remember that he is the one who began it all, creating the heavens and the earth and separating light from darkness, water from dry land, night from day. This ancient name for God contains the idea of God's creative power, as well as his authority and sovereignty. Jesus used a form of the name in his agonized prayer from the cross. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama Thani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if I butcher that, I am terribly sorry. <laughs> but uh, Elohim is a plural form of El or Eloah, one of the oldest designations for divinity in the world. And Again, El or Eloah is one of the oldest designations for divinity in the world. The Hebrews borrowed the term El from the Canaanites. And then my input is probably Moses did this because he was familiar with the place as well as he was the one who penned the first five books of the Bible. And um, yeah, back to the excerpt. (laughs) It can refer either to the true God or to pagan gods. Though El is used more than 200 times in the Hebrew Bible, Elohim is used more than 2,500 times. It's plural form is used not to indicate a belief in many gods, but to emphasize the majesty of the one true God. He is God of gods, the highest of all. Christians may recognize um, in this plural form a hint of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Elohim occurs 32 times in the first chapter of Genesis. After that, the name Yahweh appears as well um, uh, uh, Yahweh appears as well and is often paired with Elohim. And in the NIV, the two are translated the Lord God. And again, that's from uh, the Christianity Today website. So to so again, to put in short, Elohim means the all-powerful one creator, God of gods. And if you want to add in some humor, uh, Big Daddy Swole or uh, Mr. Royd Man, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, so that's Elohim. So whenever uh, you, whenever I read the chapter and you hear Elohim, think of strong, all-powerful, one creator. He is the God of gods. And then here's an excerpt from Crossway showing what Yahweh means to man. So, again, the perspective of Yahweh um, is being the self-existent one, present before time, space, and matter. And, and, uh, and Crossway gives th- 10 things that Yahweh means uh, for man. So the first thing is, is he never had a beginning. Every child asks, who made God? And every wise parent says, nobody made God. God simply is, and always was, no beginning. Number two, God will never end. If he did not come into being, he cannot go out of being, because he is being. Number three, God is absolute reality. There is no reality before him. There is no reality outside of him unless he wills it and makes it. He is all that was eternally. No space, no universe, no emptiness, only God. Number four, God is utterly independent. He depends on nothing to bring him into being or support him or counsel him or make him what he is. Number five, everything that is not God depends totally on God. The entire universe is utterly secondary. It came into being by God and stays in being moment by moment on God's decision to keep it in being. Number six, all of the universe is by comparison to God as nothing. Contingent, dependent reality is to absolute, independent reality as a shadow to substance, as an echo to a thunderclap. All that we are amazed by in the world and and in the galaxies is compared to God as nothing. Number seven, God is constant. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He cannot be improved uh, he cannot be improved. He is not becoming anything. He is who he is. Number eight. God is the absolute standard of truth and goodness and beauty. Come on somebody. Mm. There is no law book to which he looks to know what is right. No almanac to establish facts. No guild to determine what is excellent or beautiful. He himself is the standard of what is right, what is true, and what is beautiful. Number nine, God does whatever he pleases, and it is always right and always beautiful and always in accord with truth. Wow. All reality that is outside of him he created and designed and governs as the absolute reality so he is utterly free from any constraints that don't originate from the counsel of his own will lastly number 10 god is the most important and most valuable reality and person in the universe He is more worthy of interest and attention and admiration and enjoyment than all other realities, including the entire universe. Once more, Yahweh in short is I am. The one who is the self-existent one. Now I want to sidetrack, you know, like off my notes uh, for a second, you uh, you know, kind of rabbit trail just a little bit. But number 10, how it says God is the most important and most valuable reality and person in the universe. Here's the thing. Much of the world, when it comes to partying or taking drugs or things of that nature, many people are just trying to escape this reality because their fantasy is something that uh, that, that, that they enjoy. But the thing is, is, God doesn't want to meet you in the fantasy world, he wants to meet you in the reality. So I know um, I've, I've talked with a few people. I've had a, a few conversations with people and they think like, oh, you know, like if, if I take mushrooms or um, if I smoke pot or something like that, like um, I feel like I'm closer to God. Well, the thing is, is God doesn't want to be in your fantasy. He wants to be in your reality. Because a lot of people, you know, like they'll, they'll, they'll take drugs in order to kind of dumb down uh, what's happening in reality, but God actually wants to meet you there. He doesn't want to um, escape this world, you know, with you. Like He actually wants to go through this, uh, and that's why Jesus uh, actually took on flesh. Uh, that that's why He was beaten. That's why He was homeless. That's why He was um, well acquainted with affliction and and rejection. Because that way, even at your lowest point, Jesus can relate to you. And, and live and dwell in your reality. God is the most important and most valuable reality and person in the universe. God wants you to have a life of your own here on this earth that can make an eternal and forever impact in eternity. Once more, Yahweh in short, is I am, the one who is the self-existent one. And Elohim is the all-powerful one creator, God of gods. So with that being defined, let's read this from the Names of God Bible, uh, which has spec- which uh, has what specific name of God was said and was used in the Bible. And so we'll be reading um, Psalm 25, verse 1 through 11. So it says to you, O Yahweh, I lift up my soul. I trust you, my Elohim. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies triumph over me. No one who waits for you will ever be put to shame, but all who are unfaithful will be put to shame. Make your ways known to me, O Yahweh, and teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me, because you are Elohim, my Savior. I wait all the day long for you. Remember, O Yahweh, your compassionate and merciful deeds. They have existed from eternity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my rebellious ways. Remember me, O Yahweh, in keeping with your mercy and your goodness. Yahweh is good and decent. That is why he teaches sinners the way they should live. He leads the humble people to do what is right, and he teaches them his way. Every path of Yahweh is one of mercy and truth for those who cling to his promise and his written instructions. For the sake of your name, O Yahweh, remove my guilt, because it is great. I hope that enriched the text to help you see and understand the power and majesty of God, and and hopefully even be drawn to to want to do His commands. You know that uh, there there the, are the two parts that really stuck out. It's when it says, "Oh Yahweh, teach me your paths," like, um, I, th- I think of almost like a, a martial arts show or uh, or movie where this kid's like just so mesmerized by uh by by like the 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 sensei's powers or or something like that and and the kid just like oh my goodness like you've been doing this for like 60 years and i'm only like 12 years old and you know like teach me your paths you know because you've already you've already walked these paths um so, so so lead me in your paths lead me in your truth and teach me because why you are the god of gods my savior I've been needing help. I've been looking all around and here you are. The one who has always existed, who knows every path. You are the one that I want. You are the God that I want. And then also Yahweh is good and decent. Again, Yahweh is forever. Yahweh has always been and always will be. And so when it says Yahweh is good and decent, that has never changed in his creation In his salvation, in his relationships, in his speech, in his rebuke, in his wrath, in his joy, in his desire, it is always good and decent. Yahweh is good and decent. That's so good. And so, I want y'all just to kind of, you know, soak that in. And I mean, like, this is the God that we serve. a a God of gods, a a self-existent one, someone who who knows, who who needs not support from anything. That's a God that I want. That's truly something of all power. And so now uh, now I want to transition, you know, as we see the fear of God uh, in verse 1 through 11. And and understanding like, you know, just just the power and the and the full existence of God. Well, watch this. Here's some benefits from Psalm 25 of when you fear God. So what we just read was verse uh, one through 11. And now we're going to be reading that second um, that second portion, verse 10 through 14. Uh, And then this will be from the ESV, but I also put in the 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 names of God. So in verse 10, it says all the paths of the Lord or Yahweh are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Yahweh, pardon my guilt for it is great. Who is the man who fears Yahweh? Him will he instruct in the way that Yahweh should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of Yahweh is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. And, uh, and I enjoy reading this from the, the Names of God Bible. Uh, it, says, it says it like this. Every path of Yahweh is one of mercy and truth for those who cling to his promise and written instructions. For the sake of your name, O Yahweh, remove my guilt, for it is great. Who then is the person who fears Yahweh? He is the one whom Yahweh will teach which path to choose. He will enjoy good things in life, and his descendants will inherit the land. Yahweh advises those who fear him. He reveals to them the intent of his promise. So as we look at verse 10 through 14, What are the benefits of fearing and submitting to God? Well, number one, every path you walk, uh, when you are fearing and submitting to God, every path that you walk will have steadfast love and faithfulness. You know, this is something I take joy in because like steadfast love, I know when I mess up or when I trip or when I fall or when I get distracted, (laughs) come on somebody, Um, I, I, I know that. That God's love will not change in a split second. The moment I do something wrong, or, or or the moment that I veer off. Like the the one of the things that that is predictable about God is that He's going to be steadfast in love. And, and the and, and the way I kind of like to break down steadfast is uh, let's, let's say a boat starts to like rock, and you, you know you know how like you quickly grab onto the side and like you know to to make sure that you're good and that you're steady. That's kind of how I see it is is like, okay, something goes wrong. The first thing I'm going to grab is that boat. It's going to be fast too. And I'm going to hold on to it like steady. Like I'm going to have a firm grip on it. That's the first thing I go to and I have a firm grip on it to steady myself. And so when I see steadfast love, that's the image that I get. So every path that you walk will have steadfast love and faithfulness. Number two, there's a pardoning and forgiving of guilt and sins because you wouldn't have guilt if you never did anything wrong. So something was done that was wrong. And so there's a pardoning or, you know, like a, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to choose to not bring this up. You are free from this. I don't press charges and I will never bring it up again or, or or try to use this to blackmail you or anything or, or to get you to do something for me. So there's a pardoning and forgiving of guilt and sins. Number three, a benefit of fearing and submitting to God is God himself will instruct you in the way he wants you to go. Imagine like a, a Gordon Ramsay, but who's like steadfast love and patient and kind, and he's guiding you personally how to cook good food. So he's not just sending like, you know, just, just, just this whatever chef or, you know, like a, a, a chef that's good, but not him. No, he's actually sending himself. Uh, and he's going to instruct you in the way he wants you to go. Not the world. N- not not how the world wants you to go, but the way he wants you to go. Because remember, he is good and upright and he doesn't change. So obviously the way he's going is going to be good and upright and steadfast love and faithfulness. So why not go? <laughs> uh, number four, uh, the benefit of fearing and submitting to God is your soul will abide in well-being. So I looked up uh, abide in the Oxford Dictionary, and it means to accept or act in accordance with a rule, decision, or recommendation. And the informal um, way to use abide is to be unable to tolerate someone or something. In the King James Version, it says, His soul shall dwell at ease. The 1995 NASB says, uh, they will spend their days in prosperity. And the CSB says, He will live a good life. So, uh, point number one every path you will walk will have steadfast love and faithfulness. Uh, number two, there will be a, a pardoning of guilt, a forgiving of sins. Uh, um, point three, God will in himself instruct you in the way he wants you to go. Four, your abide, your soul shall abide in well-being. Five, um, and then this is five. Your offspring shall inherit the land. Um, I actually tried to look up some commentaries, and it's pretty much straightforward. Like your offspring shall inherit the land, and they had the idea of like, God remembers, uh, you know, like God is uh, the God of Abraham and Isaac uh, and Jacob, and and so like God will remember His covenant throughout the generations, and so like. Uh, You may not see anything happen like right now, but God is remembering it um, and will see that come to pass. So your offspring, your children shall inherit the land. This is almost like a a good reminder of like, um, you know, like Abraham, your children will inherit the land. And and this is like a reminder of that. So your offspring shall inherit the land. And if you look up, uh, I think Bible Hub um, on Psalm 25, uh, verse 13, you'll you'll find the commentary. And uh, yeah, so your offspring shall inherit the land. The sixth thing uh, or the sixth benefit of fearing and submitting to God is friendship. It says the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. And, and here's some other sources uh, using like a different word or phrase or, or, um, or uh, diff- different translations um, that are actually, you know, from this uh, verse. So. Uh, so instead of friendship. Uh, The CSB puts the secret council. The CJB, which I kind of just looked at and I was like, oh, okay." (laughs) Um, The CJB is the complete Jewish Bible. So, yeah. uh, And it says Adonai relates intimately instead of friendship. They put Adonai relates intimately. Uh, The King James and the 1995 NASB says the secret. Of the Lord. Um, And then the NLT says. uh, He is a friend. To those who fear him. And then this. I never heard about until like. While I was you know. Writing all my notes up. And uh, this is the OJB. Which is the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm just kind of looking up that. And then I think it says. uh, Semech. um, The secret of Hashem. Is with them that fear him. So the secret of Hashem, I think that's a name for God um, is with them that fear him. So again, there's secret, uh, there's secret counsel, there's uh intimacy, there's friendship. and um and, and so so really to sum it up, if you if you fear the Lord, you're going to begin to have friendship with God, which is really cool. Because then it's like, okay, I fear him. I respect him. So you actually kind of get, um, so you actually have fearing it and like this this respect as the foundation and the stepping stone to actually get to know God as a friend. Which I think is just so, so incredible. Because I think when you like, oh, never mind, I'll, I'll have to think that through. Um, yeah, so point number seven. This is the, this is the last benefit in Psalm 25. We're actually going to look at another chapter, um, that has even more that just, that just pops off on benefits of fearing God. Like it's pretty much the whole chapter. Um, so lastly, the benefit of fearing God is, is God, hold on. Yes. Okay. Lastly, the benefit of fearing God is knowing from him the purpose of the promises he made. So do you see now the importance and the, uh, do do you see, do you now see the impact and the importance of fearing God? Cause I do, (laughs) I sure do see the impact and the importance of fearing God. Cause even, even just in Psalm 25, um, you know, every path I take steadfast love and faithfulness, pardoning of, uh, and, and forgiving of guilt and sins. God himself will instruct me in the way he wants me to go, which i I know his ways and they're amazing. Like literally the first point is steadfast love and faithfulness. Uh, my soul will abide in well-being, my offspring shall inherit the land, I'll have friendship, and I will have the benefit of of hearing from God his purpose of the promises that he made. Mmm, come on, that's so good. Like and that's just in Psalm twenty five. And there's actually more benefits that we're gonna get into, and I'm so excited about that. So um let's go into this scripture with a fresh set of eyes um and so now that we've defined um yahweh and elohim now that we've talked about the benefits that we see in psalm 25 of fearing god um, i actually kind of want to put this in quote unquote layman's terms uh, but really i kind of made it more like medieval without the these and thous. Um, like maybe how someone would present themselves Uh, this message to a king in like the 1400s so i wrote psalm 25 verse 1 through 11 uh in the perspective that like okay if i was if i was a soldier or a knight pleading with his king um that's that's kind of how that was kind of like my my posture with this here's the thing i greatly paraphrased this so much okay but i did this in the hopes of us feeling the weight of fear and reverence towards God. So here's my creative writing, <laughs> or creative paraphrasing, you could say. O great one, who needs nor lacks anything, I give up the rights and control of myself to you. O great ruler, most powerful of them all, I place my allegiance and my decisions in your hands. And through your filter alone let me not regret my decision let not my now our enemies rejoice in my defeat I have seen be true that those who wait on your word are never put to shame or put in their place by means of shame only those who do wrong with no cause are put to shame you are from always and will be always as of the truths of you that I know and have heard and have seen. Make my eyes see and envision the paths you have established as good and as your own. Lead me, my King, and teach me. For under your rule is victory and salvation. I am honored and waiting to be used for your will. I will from dusk to dusk be at your service. I ask that you may bring to the forefront of your mind that your character and your kingdom sip from its roots your great well of old, which is your mercy at its greatest potency and your love that is steady and unwavering. I ask for this of you, my king, that you may not remember me as the child who sinned nor the one who committed treasons against you, according to your steadfast love remember me according to how you have sent and sustained your kingdom which is that great well of old remember me for the sake of your goodness O yahweh no matter the decision you are good and upright i requested your memory uh, for you also are the one who instructs sinners in the way whether they listen to your voice or not. I remember greater that you lead the humble not only in the right way, but the way you personally take. O King who is always, you have never changed your paths, for they are always steadfast love and faithfulness for those who cling to your promise and your written instructions. I will ask for nothing more, Lord, for you know me that your pardon for my guilt is great. And then I see the author turning to the audience and then continuing in the ESV. You're almost just um, kind of kind of turning to the audience and then just declaring these truths um, about the king. So with all of that, now I kind of want to give it like its fullness and I kind of want to give a, a declaration about the God that we serve. So to put it simply, we don't serve a puny, lowercase l, Lord. We worship no mere mortal. We serve none wholeheartedly, one who makes mistakes, flakes out, is cowardly, nor is at at all powerful. We do not have a God who is a lower rank person or deity than the very best in the universe and outside it. In all honesty, why would a God be a God if there is a successor or one who can surpass him or it? Why should we worship one who is not perfect? Are we to live in adoration and wonder of one who isn't better than man? Why should we entrust our identity in one that may be immortal but doesn't know, love, or care for us? and? who isn't even victor over the things we may have or may not have overcome. It sounds to me that becoming a pagan god is becoming either a sinful and average human being, though there may be a requirement of having a superpower. I would like to present to you that I believe we are better than pagan gods themselves. Because I can talk, whereas some can't. You know, they idly... Sit by. <laughs> Lol. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I can conquer. I can be a horrible person. I can manipulate and mess up. I can lash out in anger. I can be isolated and impersonal. And if you look at Greek mythology, I too can have sex with tons of others. I can be a failure of a leader. I can even potentially immortalize myself through legacy and marketing. I can be self-controlled. I can be selfless. I can give my life to a noble cause, which is actually more noble than many gods have done, for they cannot die, though they were never began in the first place. So who are or what are pagan gods? Nothing like a God we actually need. I wouldn't call a thing worth worshiping if it can stoop down to the immoral lifestyle of a sinful and undisciplined human, a spoiled brat. I will not worship and devote my life to a deity that needs my help or any help, for I am the one in need of help. I need a Yahweh, a self-existent and self-sustaining God. I would, not, uh, I would also not devote any energy towards pleasing a selfish deity that doesn't care a lick about me. I struggle with worshiping myself, and that pagan god will only increase my selfishness and cold shoulder to those in need. For I have learned this, that people will reflect the character and nature of their choice of God. We reflect the one we fear. The true God is selfish, uh, selfless, humble, perfect, passionate, peaceful, emotional, kind, forgiving, patient, fulfilling, and many other things. Just read Psalm 103. He is the God I want to reflect. He is the God I choose to fear. And and, and I have asked him to be my God because I know that, that who he is and what he does through his being is good. He is worthy of my life's devotion, praise, and worship. Now, I will not desire to be him. For the weight of his role is far more than I can bear, and my imperfections and sins have already deemed me unworthy to be God, just as everyone else. Not that I can't be sinless or clean and reflecting of him, but if I am those things, I am made those things in and through him. Without him, I am bound. Morals aside, I'm still bound by time, space, and matter, yet he is not. And that shows just a part of his power. So what makes Yahweh the true Elohim? He is God of all, outside of time, space, and matter, boundless, unrestricted, who is subject in the absolute and total sense to no one and no thing. Yahweh is the only one who knows, cares, and loves us and is victor over everything we have and have not overcome. He makes no mistakes from alpha to omega or from beginning to end. He is selfless. He cares for the needy. is full of true justice and pro-human rights. I believe that some would even say that for a human, he is too extreme. In his civil, human, and environmental rights. He is the ultimate and perfect one who is even now extending his hand to his children for the purpose of redeeming and forgiving their sins, as well as drawing them close to him and helping them. I have found that no other God truly claims the sons of man to have originally been the God's own creation, the God's own children his pride and joy, the apple of his eye, or even to take on the personal role of a father or a husband or a friend. Now, may I present this as you may interact with a lion. Okay, so you, know, so you see a lion. Okay, as you may interact with a lion and though the lion may have taken a liking and even began to favor you, you know, kind of rub his main or his head against you never forget that you remain subject to his movement the lion at any time has the freedom to kill you if you get out of line so much more should we enjoy its favor and its love it's like literally this lion could kill me at any point like he he, he could just do it and no one could really say anything he's like well he is a lion and you Hey, like you're still under his rule. Um, So how much more should we enjoy when he actually loves us and and, and rubs his mane against us and like is just chill with us? How much should we enjoy its favor and love? Much more should we fear nothing that is uh, that is out in the wild jungle for it is under the lion's rule. And that the lion is for us the king of the jungle. We are taken under his wing, his kingdom, his majesty, his care, his standard, his rule. As surely as the fearing of that lion brings benefits, how much more benefit and fear and comfort and thinking before you do something (laughs) or processing before you move do we have with the lion of Judah? remain in his love keep the commandments fear God love God and love others and some of the verse references that I have is is John 15 Ecclesiastes 12 you look at the gospels you know Jesus sums up many times the commandments love God love people Galatians 5 revelations 21 through 22, 2 John and and, and honestly the, the list goes on. Because, because again, as surely as the fearing of that lion brings benefits, how much more benefit and fear and comfort and processing before moving do we have with the Lion of Judah? How protected or how much more protected are we with the Lion of Judah than just the Lion of the jungle? That's just oh, so beautiful. And so I now want to present to you a story uh, from from a book that I've recommended in another episode, um, I can't remember exactly which one it was, uh, but but the book is called Scary God, written by Maddie Montgomery. So, uh, Maddie tells a story about his childhood, where he learned to fear his dad. So. He was just a young boy on his uh, Mickey Mouse bicycle. <laughs> um, oh, a little context of Matty Montgomery. He's a, he was a former lead singer of a death metal band, um, a Christian death metal band. Uh, they literally went out to like bars and I think every now and then like strip clubs. They would preach the gospel. Um, they would see like the blind or, or, or like like the blind would receive their sight. They'd see people get healed. Um, they've interacted with like some angels, um, or at least Maddie was like, I'm pretty sure those were angels. Um, as he, he tells about stories, like when, when he first got married to his wife, uh, Candace, they lived in a van traveling, doing, um, death metal for like three months like the first three months of their marriage, they're in a sweaty van. And so, so he has, he has a really interesting story. Um, he has, he also has another book called, um, lovely things in ugly places where he pretty much just tells his his testimony he's, he's really cool um but yeah so so maddie montgomery death metal singer um literally had like probably four foot dreads like dude was awesome um he was just a young boy at this time on his mickey mouse bicycle riding around uh the area he lived in and every now and then uh sometimes frequently there would be a bully who would come by and, like, pick on him. And one day, the bully, like, punched Matty, and Matty, like, ran off to his house. Um, And when he came inside, his dad, um, who he described as an over six-foot-tall, 250-pound-plus strong black man, uh, asks his son where he got the bruise on his eye from. So Matty tells his dad, and his dad uh, asks where the bully is. So they walk over, and they find the bully. And the dad sees and, and just me, you know, confirms is like if that was a bully. And then after after having it confirmed, he proceeds by walking up to the bully. Now, without touching the bully, the dad stands in front of him more so like towering over him. Uh, and his son was just like next to him. I think Maddie was like seven, like six or seven years old. Like He was really young. And um, and the dad speaks very clearly what will happen if he finds out that there's any more bullying from him. And what he will do about it if it does happen again. Now here's the part that really stuck out. It wasn't just the bully that was terrified of the dad. But the dad's own son. Maddie felt literal fear. Terror fell in the depths of each kid's soul. (laughs) Both were terrified and scared of the dad. Like actual scared of the dad. Like, they thought their lives were in danger, kind of scared. And they were both changed forever that day. Yet, here's the cool thing, both gained something different of each other because of their relationship and their actions they have, they have had in accordance with the dad. So, one found that he was guarded from the dad's family, and in the tone that the dad spoke, he, he would uh he would best stay clear of the property or the vicinity of their home or their uh, or or the dad's family he was not a son but rather an intruder who was bringing violence on the father's son another found liberation and protection for he was hurt but then was avenged by the father's And was avenged by the father, and he was the father's son. The bully didn't have backup. The son did. So where does the... Here's the thing. The son got punched in the eye. So he wasn't the strong one. It was his dad. But through his dad, the son found liberation and protection. Now here's the thing. I personally, okay, personally... I don't think there is anything more terrifying than a dad angry and protective of his kids and family. I believe there is a unique reservation of power, strength, and complete resolve held solely for the father to wield for his family to take refuge in. This power can rarely be tamed (laughs) um, except for God, the, the dad himself his wife and his very closest friends. And usually like his closest friends may have to like actually hold him back like physically. And I I believe um it it is a power and a gift that can never be stripped unless the father is either ignorant of it or buries it alive for the sake of others, whether selfish or selfless reasons. Not this 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 um this anger Um, cannot be stopped by death yet it is solidified through death for the father will be known as the protector of his own fear the one who is angry for the sake of protection and preservation for they cannot be stopped until the situation is resolved this is the God we have the utmost joy to call dad Again, the father will be known as the protector of his own, well, really the protector and the provider of his own kin. Fear the one, fear the one who is angry for the sake of protection and preservation, for they cannot be stopped until the situation is resolved. Again, this is the God that we have the utmost joy to call dad. And God, I believe, has instilled it in every father to have the same burning heart and passion and desire, this righteous anger to protect, to provide, and to preserve his family. I believe it is healthy to have it. Now, of course, if you don't know how to, you know, control it, well, then, you know. Get some training, and and lean on God. Let let God make His ways known to you. So, and here's the thing, as as everyone walked away from that moment and and that interaction, I believe Maddie from that day on rode on his bike with a huge smile on his face, reaping the benefit of being his dad's son. Knowing that if anyone were to bully him again, there was. There, there was one, his dad, who can make that opportunity for that person no more. Because he saw how terrifying his dad can be, and he was like, "Oh, there's no one more terrifying than him." And he's my dad, and he's gonna protect me. So therefore, I really like there is no one who could be scarier than him. Like, like, oh yeah, you're scary, but have you met my dad? <laughs> and so, um. I believe we would all feel as free, as protected, and as empowered as Maddie did that day if we saw how terrifying and scary our God is. That sounds kind of contradictory. But if we're able to see how scary God is and how terrifying he can be, but then also realizing that he's our dad, And that anger goes towards people who are against us or, or, you know, like the enemy to man, I am so protected. There is literally nothing that there is nothing that could succeed in like in in between. Like if you try to get to me and God is in between us. Yeah, you're not getting through. Sorry. (laughs) Like you just aren't. Um. So here's the thing. I think we would feel rather invincible and more powerful, and maybe even have the confidence to hold authority over our enemies. More importantly, we will do the Father's will, no matter what happens. If if I have Him on my side, what is man that I should be afraid? What 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 is persecution? What what is a gun? Now, of course, I haven't experienced the the situation of someone pointing a gun to my head and be like you know, denounce God or die, like, I haven't had that yet, um, but here's the thing, is knowing how much more terrifying, like, like, I've seen the, 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 the God, like, terrifying, well, then man, a gun is like, he created the universe, pal, <laughs> like, that is, that is not even an ounce of what he has created, he could throw the entire universe at you, actually, God's, God opened up the entire earth and swallowed people and killed them that way, he literally opened the earth. Okay. I, I, I think, I think I'm pretty protected. And if you take away this mortal body, well, guess what? I live eternally. So, uh, win, win. Uh, of course, again, I'm sure that situation's actually scary, but, um, but, but, but understanding this is going to actually give us comfort knowing that's like, he literally raised people from the dead. So I don't think he, I don't think God has a problem to protect us or to raise us from the dead or to or to just bring us home. So yeah, if I have him on my side, what is man that I should be afraid? And so I want you to allow me to reveal some scriptures of more benefits of fearing God outside of Psalm 25. I think y'all are going to be like really excited about this. Okay, so this is Psalm 103 look you got like 20 words okay of like some action statements um, and then and then it just goes in like just pops off on all the benefits of, of, um, of praising and fearing God. okay y'all ready for this? Psalm 103. My soul praise the Lord, every part of me. praise His holy name. my soul. And, and and remember, you know, like um, was it, I? I think it was. I think it was the real episode where I talked about like my soul, my identity, like who I am. Uh, y'all can go check out that one if you haven't listened to it. But uh, yeah. But continuing, my soul, praise the Lord, and never forget how kind He is. And there's that remembrance episode. I'm telling you, these foundational things, they're foundational. <laughs> So my soul praise the lord and never forget how kind he is. Watch this. He forgives all our sins and heals all our sicknesses. He saves us from the grave and he gives us love and compassion. He gives us plenty of good things. He makes us young again like the eagle like an eagle that grows new feathers. The lord does what is fair. He brings justice justice to all who have been hurt by others. He taught his laws to Moses. He let Israel see the powerful things he can do. The Lord is kind and merciful. He's patient and full of love. He does not always uh, criticize. He does not stay angry with us forever. We sinned against him, but he didn't give us the punishment we deserved. His love for uh, his followers is as high above as the heaven is above the earth. And he has taken our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is as kind to his followers. Watch this as a father is to his children. And remember how I talked about, you know, that 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 declaration of like, you know, most lowercase gods don't know us? Well, watch this. He knows all about us. He knows we are made from dust. He knows our shortcoming. It says, he knows our lives are short, that they are like grass. He knows we are like a little wildflower that grows so quickly, but when the hot wind blows, it dies. Soon, you cannot even see where the flower was. But mm, the Lord has always loved his followers, and he will continue to love them forever and forever. ever he will be good to all their descendants to those who are faithful to his agreement and who remember to obey his commands the Lord set up his throne in heaven and he rules over everything angels praise the Lord you angels are the powerful soldiers who obey his commands you listen to him and obey his commands Praise the Lord, all his armies. You are his servants and you who do what he wants. And you do what he wants. Everything the Lord has made should praise him throughout the world that he rules. My soul, praise the Lord. So I think we see the benefits. (laughs) And also, I believe we see the, the call to action for our part. And so um, I'm just going to read, like, it, it's really kind of like the first one or two verses. It says, my soul. Okay, what's the first thing? Praise the Lord. So my identity, who I am, my being needs to praise the Lord. As David said, you know, if if, if you didn't get my soul, well, watch this. Every part of me, praise his holy name. His name is actually set apart. Because you have Zane, you have Connor, you have Trevor, you have um, Isabella. You you have, you know, like th- these are common folk names. But his name is like, oh, but that's special. Oh, that, mm, <laughs> that, that, that's on the secret menu. You know, like that is reserved. That is that is set apart. See, because, you know, we, we have our common names, but he has his name. Holy. The definition of holy is set apart. So praise his holy name. My soul. Praise the Lord and watch this. Never forget how kind he is. And actually, I think it says like never forget how and then dot, dot, dot the rest of the chapter. So so what do we see? Praise the Lord. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord again. And then never forget, I would say, this whole chapter. And then watch this. We need to be faithful to his agreement. This is like further down the chapter. It says, you know, he will be good to all their descendants watch this, to those who are faithful to his agreement and who remember to obey his commands. And then like, I think the last verse, it says everything the Lord has made. So you and me, the rocks, the, the, the desk, everything in this world, everything that the Lord has made should praise him throughout the world that he rules. My soul praise. The Lord. Mm. So that is our call to action: to praise um, the Lord, His holy name. uh, To pray. It actually says, I think, like what praises, praise the Lord, like three times. Technically four times, because it says everything in the Lord, everything the Lord has made should praise Him. So I would call that kind of like the fourth. Yeah, and 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 then just remember Him and and remember to do His commands and be faithful to to his agreement that he made like it's very simple like look we get praising okay and we get remembering and then and then we get like participation Uh, i think it was oh what was it uh the responsibility episode i was like it's not about your presentation or your performance it's about your posture and your participation so right here we see our posture which is praising god and worshiping him And praising him, (laughs) our participation is remembering who God is, remembering to obey his commands, and to be faithful to his agreement. Wow, what a short list we have. Yet, with, with, with those four things, which is praising, remembering, remembering, and being faithful, he gives us like 20 something things. Um, actually, I kind of want to count them out, but I, I, um, I didn't do that. So I'm going to well, actually, I could just count them out because here's the thing. I'm going to read all the benefits again. OK, so we praise the Lord. You know, uh, we, we we never forget how how amazing he is. You know who he is. Uh, we remember to, to obey his commands and we're faithful to his agreement. So that's four things. Really? Then watch this. One, he heals our sicknesses. Two, saves us from uh, the grave. Three, gives us love and compassion. Four, gives us plenty of good things. Five, makes us young again. Six, does what is fair. Seven, brings justice to all who have been hurt by others. Uh, eight, taught his laws to Moses. Nine, let Israel see powerful things he can do. Ten, he is kind and merciful. You could even say that's, you know, two things. So we'll call that two things. Eleven. Uh, twelve. he's patient. Thirteen, he's full of love. 14 does not always criticize 15 does not stay angry with us forever 16 he didn't give us the punishment we deserved Um, 17 love for his followers is as high above as the heavens is um, above the earth Uh, 18 has taken our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west 19 is as kind to his followers as a father is to his children 20 knows all about us 21 knows that we are made from dust 22 knows our lives are short uh 23 knows we are like a little wildflower 24 he has always loved his followers 25 he will continue to love them forever and ever 26, he will be good to all their descendants. 27, the Lord set up his throne in heaven. And 28, he rules over everything. Um, I'm not sure how many more times God actually does than us. I mean, it's 28, so... Yeah, so he literally does things seven times more than what he has asked us to do, which seven is a number of completion. So I think it's funny just like... You know, our actions are, in verse, his actions are divisible by four, um, and it's seven times. I don't know what four means. But, goodness, there are 28 things, 28 benefits, just in Psalm 103, just in Psalm 103, that God gives us. And what does he ask of us? That we praise him and never forget him. There you go. (laughs) Like... Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So good. And here's the thing. If we read Isaiah, Ezekiel, Genesis, Judges, Exodus, Numbers, uh, Psalms, and even Psalm 18, uh, kind of specifically the Gospels, the letters and Revelation and so on, we can see just how scary, how loving, and how powerful he is. This should lead us to be in love with him and should bring us to obedience, a willing heart for obedience. I mean, look how good he is. It's 28 benefits right there in one chapter. I have a willing heart to obey him. Oh my goodness. And he loves me. He knows I'm a bag of dirt. He knows we're all made from dust. Y'all, we are a bag of dirt. (laughs) That ain't too valuable. Okay. He knows our lives are short. Like, like he knows I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to live forever on this earth. He knows there's an end to me yet. He knows that. And he knows that I'm like a little wildflower that, that will grow up quickly. And then as soon as the hot uh, sun scorches me, I just blow off and then disappear. Like I was never there yet. Come on. Somebody yet has always loved his followers. And will continue to love them forever and ever. And will be good to their descendants. And the Lord has set up his throne in heaven. Come on. He He, he, he is above this earth. You could say so like. It's so like when he takes us up. We're getting out of this earth. And we're going somewhere better. Okay, Somewhere that isn't destroyed and all that. And messed up. And then he rules over everything. So you can take comfort in like. Man he is ruling over everything. I can have peace. He is the king. He's gonna take care of me. And here and here's some more good news. The good news is that the Lord will correct and discipline those who are lost and found differently, as well as those who are against him. He will bring forth his wrath on them uh, in the end. Now, here's the thing. Look, we are nearing the end, y'all. Uh this has been oh it's been so good. So now that we have this idea of reverence and respect, like My goodness, God does so much. Who am I to just demand stuff or think that I'm entitled to this, that, and the other? No, far be it from me, I'm not entitled to this. But he says that I am his son. I am a child, and I can ask him for things, and he's going to give me good things. He's going to protect me and love me. Mm, That's so good so may i be careful with what i ask may i show honor to him in what i ask and i think ecclesiastes 5 something uh i think like early in that chapter it actually says like when you go up to the temple to pray it is better for you to not say anything than just to to babble on or you know j- just to kind of huh babble on uh you know j- j- just to just to just to say words with uh with empty with empty meaning or or without your heart it's better to go up there just to listen than it is just to speak nothing. So with that, with that being said, um, I now want to give a practical list of ways we can apply this to transform our everyday life together or, or today. That's what I meant. Um, so to give a practical list of ways we can apply this to transform our everyday life Here it is. Number one, when you read the Bible, imagine God as he's being described. So it's like Psalm 18. Um, It actually describes what God looks like Uh, with Revelation. I think chapter one, it actually describes Jesus, what he looks like and go into the meanings of, of, um, of, of, of what Jesus is described as. I'm going to try to do an episode one of these days about describing Jesus because it's mm, so good. Um, and then watch this. So, so you read the Bible and imagine God as he's being described. I want you to truly soak up every word written because it's, it's for our good to do this. When you begin to read revelation, see it and imagine it as a father going to protect his kids. You know, like how I said, you know, like an, an, an angry dad, you know, like you just don't want to be near him because their resolve is complete. And they will do anything to get them. And, and I think I talk about this in the rescue episode. Is, is like, you know, God will finish what he started. You know, like he will protect his kids. He will protect his bride at any cost. Um, and so when you read Revelation, see it as a father going to protect his kids or, or you know, saving his kids, and, and and a husband going after his his bride, um, who's surrounded by evil forces, and a best friend, um, who is leading the children and the bride out of the enemy ter- territory or the enemy encampment and the best friend encouraging them never to lose their identity for their King is coming to rescue them. And their last name is God's last name. You, you know, like, like like we take on God's last name, if that makes sense, you know? So like if, if Donald Trump's son, like he isn't really anything special, Except for his last name. he He's, he's, he's actually related to, to Trump. So if he says, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, um, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm Andrew, or what, I, don't, I don't know his children's names. But he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Andrew. They're like, huh, he's Andrew, you know, whatever. Like, I don't care about you. But once he says Andrew Trump, they're like, oh hey, <laughs> and then, you know, they'll, they'll try to probably get money or something like that. But it's like your last name can literally change everything. Uh, so, so you may not be able to go to different places, but if you say this is your last name or you're related to this person, then you get special access Well, with the King of Kings, with the Lord of Lords, with the Elohim, with the Yahweh going to him. Oh, I think you have access for, <laughs> to a good bit of stuff. And so, Um, our king is coming to rescue us. Uh, The next point, so, you know, reading the Bible and imagining God as he's described. uh, That's point number one. Point number two, for more resources, just to kind of dig in a little bit more, um, I would suggest, I would highly suggest reading Scary God by Maddie Montgomery. Um, Honestly, practically anything uh, that John Bevere teaches on fearing God, because I think he's brilliant and very clear and understandable um when it comes to fearing god and then i think i haven't read this but but i've heard a lot of recommendations about it i'm i want to try to get into it soon um it's a book called the holiness of god by rc sproul and so that would kind of give you like you know oh god is like holy oh i need to like oh my goodness he's like beautiful and powerful and like huh like this is the god that i serve this is amazing i don't deserve this like Wow, I can live in just like, you know, understanding the holiness of God. Like now I see color on the earth, you know, kind of that. Um, That's kind of what I've heard from uh, from that book. Uh, The the next thing or, or point number three is to ask God to open your eyes to see him as someone so much greater and more powerful than anything you could have ever imagined. are are, are so much greater and more powerful than anything you deal with or are afraid of. Satan is not God's equal, but his subject. Satan is inferior to God. They are not on the same level or playing field. Nor will Satan ever even get close to successfully usurping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I Am, Yahweh, Elohim. Satan has no not even a chance to usurp him they can't even be compared honestly it's like comparing mike tyson's punch versus mastered ultra instinct goku okay now look here's the thing does mike tyson have a threatening punch to a normal person yes but compared to goku no absolutely not (laughs) like if they were doing like a a punching contest like mike tyson might as well be an (laughs) ant Uh, compared to goku so here's the thing they are not comparable okay um the same can be said with satan and god so whenever you think the enemy is is doing things or something like that just remind satan of 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 his future and then remind him of of your future remind yourself of your future you know you're not going to be here forever like you're going to um to heaven and then and then the new earth. And Satan is not going to be there anymore. It's like, hey, I don't have to deal with you in eternity. So I'm like, I don't have to be bothered by you uh, here on earth. Uh, The next thing, uh, which would be point number four, when you wake up and even during the day, think about uh, that ultimate goal. You know, at the end of the day, Ecclesiastes 12, you know, am, am am I fearing God and am I obeying his commandments? And then if you want to read in John 15, man, like. Am I reflecting John 15? Am I abiding in God's love? Am I abiding in his word? Like, are, are, are we just so connected that you can't separate the two? Point number five. Remember when you walk anywhere. The dad that you have is walking around with you. Remember Elohim. The creator of all things, you know, like the, the, the great creator of all. The God of gods, Yahweh, who has been forever and will be forever. He's walking around with you. I think this is number six. Learn Psalm 103. Uh, I think it's really good. Learn those benefits. I'm going to try to learn them. um, That way I can just kind of like know them. There are 28 benefits. And then there's four things for us to do. And you can kind of go back in the the episode and, and see what those things are. And then lastly, Begin to learn the other names of God. So there's actually more uh, than just Elohim and, and Yahweh. There's actually a lot more. And it actually kind of describes who God is. Like uh, Jehovah Rapha is, um, you know, is, is God our healer. And then, the, but I mean, like, there's so many things like Sid Canu, uh I think it's like Jehovah Sid Canu. I think it's my righteousness. And then uh, Mechadishkim. And then there's something where it's like, I think uh, Nisi is my banner. And then like Jaira is uh, my provider, and so th- there's a lot of there's a lot of names of God, um, and it's super helpful in knowing who He is. That way we can like call on Him in a way like more properly or like more um, I guess you say like detailed. You know, like I know who I'm praying to. Like I'm literally praying to the provider <laughs> of, of like for provision. You know, like I'm literally praying to the healer for healing. Like, yes, this is right. <laughs> this is correct. Um, and and, and so, so so that's all my practical things um, for you to do every day. You could even start this tonight or even tomorrow. So uh, so that's all the time that we have for today. Um, I ask that if you find this is helpful, share it with others and, and subscribe to the channel. Um, I'm in the process of making my own website. Um, I don't know when it's going to be up, but I'm uh, asking for help from uh, from, uh, from some people. And, um, and, and I'm doing this in order that we can become like connected and grow this to be something that can help people all over the world. Uh, so if you have any questions, comments or concerns, please email me at podcast at gmail.com. I think I'm going to try to change that as well. Um, if you have any suggestions, if you're like, oh, this should be your URL because my last name Super Cajun. And it's like that's so hard to spell because uh, I'm thinking about doing just Zane George. Uh, .com because that's my middle name. Um, or yeah, you know, it's like, if you think of like a good, uh, a good email name or, um, a good URL or something like that, um, please just email me at Zane Quibido podcast, uh, at gmail.com. That'll be in the link and that'll be in the description below. Um, just so we can like really get this thing smooth and amazing. Uh, cause I want to reach a lot of people and I want to do it efficient, efficiently, efficiently and like clean where, where people are like able to access this a little bit easier than spelling quibido. <laughs> um. So if this podcast has made an impact in your life, feel free to email and or write a review on the platform you're listening on. Uh, and lastly, if you may uh, pray for me that this may be fruitful, that I may stay on the path that God wants for me and that I can continue to be consistent Um yeah, and and then have the energy, and and God give me, you know, the the creativity to continue to write this stuff. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, our next area of Psalm 25 we'll be unpacking is how we can see revival. I'll see you next Friday. God bless.